This episode of the Mother Loving Future Show is brought to you by Amber Lestrange and Jenna Penrose with JMO 5000 Productions. Nice. Welcome to the Mother Loving Future Show, where your hosts Amber and Jenna. And today we're discussing epic questions and answers. For more show notes or on these epic Q&As or to sign up for our vlog, check out our website. You're probably on it right now, themotherlovingfuture.com. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> Let's get started, shall we? Jenna, what is your definition of epic Q&A? My definition is epic answers to life's most elusive and important questions. Ooh. Mysteries. Yeah, the big questions. These are the answers. You're going to get the answers on the show. Damn, girl. Right the oracle is with us. I've put on my oracle cap. <laughs> She's got a big crystal ball, ball right in front of her. Yeah. yeah it's, I, I actually don't have a crystal ball. <laughs> well, I wouldn't I have, be surprised. She is wearing a jumpsuit right that's now. That's true. These are moonstones. With, she's wearing moonstones around her neck, and she's wearing a jumpsuit with planets and moons and lightnings and stars. Mm-hmm. Just saying. You're an oracle. <laughs> okay, Jenna. Whoa, I'm so excited. Okay, before we get started, I'm just so curious. Where the heck did you get your information? Uh, so the information that... So Amber's going to ask me a bunch of questions, and I'm going to give my answers to these questions. And the answers that I'm going to give are derived from looking inward through meditation, um, like many, many years of meditation, connecting with my spirit guides, Um connecting with my higher self and also doing a lot of research of my own into esoteric and consciousness topics. So this is the culmination of all of that. Wow. Okay. Original material right yeah, here. Original material. And I figure like, you know, people should research this stuff. If you're interested or you're curious or you don't know what I'm talking about, please research it. Because um, th- like I said, this stuff is, I've come to this over time and it's all thought out very clearly. Wow. Okay. Let's get into it. The good stuff. Jenna. Yeah. What is the meaning of life? (laughs) So we're just starting out with a whopper. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Uh, So in my mind, the meaning of life is to open yourself up to your inner connection to the cosmos. You are the multiverse looking back at, at itself. Within you, the multiverse resides. Cultivate this connection. You have a soul mission. Find it. Look inside your heart and follow the deep down desires that you always knew you wanted to achieve, which also benefits the collective. Be present in the moment. Learn lessons when they present themselves. Evolve. Be love and embody love in all of your thoughts and actions and desires. Be one with love. Mm. So what I'm hearing, how I interpret that is basically the entire meaning of life is to get back to source energy to where we came from in the first place. Yes. What a little game. Process of remembering. And source energy is oneness. Source energy is love. So embodying that and remembering that you are that. Hmm. And what are some good ways to remember that? Um, You know, meditation is always a good way to connect with anything in the higher realms. Okay, great. 
Whew, okay, that's a good one. That resonates. Does it resonate? Yeah, totally. I believe that. I've actually come to that conclusion. See? Yeah, before is, hearing your That's what your I'm saying because definition it's in, on that. you already knew. You yeah. were born knowing this. Every single person was born knowing this. And hopefully every single person was born knowing all of these answers. And it's just a process of remembering mm. in our listeners. And all of these things should really resonate. Like you said, like you're like, oh, I thought of that when I was like three. Like that it means it's true. You know what I mean? Mm. Because if it comes to this deep place of knowing. That's how you know it's right. So the mission is to be love. Be love. 24-7. My husband's got that tattooed. He has 24-7 on his body. Not 24-7 though. (laughs) That'd be a bit weird. He's just got be love. I know. And that's how you probably knew you you married the right guy. It's a good reminder. You know, because if he has that tattooed on him, then he's obviously a good guy. Yeah. He's dedicated most of the time. Um, Okay. Next question. Ooh, this is a good one. Jenna, does God exist? Wow, another whopper, but I am ready for it. Um, okay, so, and by the way, I'll just say that I've, I've written out my answers to these questions, which I'm going to put up on our show notes. Um, yeah, so that's, if it seems like I'm reading, that's why, and then we're going to talk about it too. So just to give you the full lowdown of what's happening, um, here we go. Does God exist? Yes. God is the simple word for the summation of all the energy in the multiverse. The summation of all the energy. Okay, wait. Can you stop right there? I'm so sorry to interrupt. Yeah, interrupt. All what the, the heck is the difference between the universe and the multiverse? Okay, good, good question. So the universe, um, uni meaning one and multi meaning many. The universe is um, thought of as a, a singular dimensional space, whereas the multiverse includes all alternate dimensions. So basically like everything that exists. Everything that could possibly exist in any alternate dimension or ours. Multiverse. Got like it. our universe, universe is usually used to mean like the stars and the, what the we cosmos, can see and what conceive. we can see and conceive in the third dimensional reality. But there are many multidimensional realities as well. So the multiverse includes those. Ooh. Yeah. Spooky. Okay. Nice. Good great. question. Okay. You, you should um, definitely feel free to interrupt me. So. Okay. I will. Okay. So getting back. Yeah. Um, so does God exist? Yes. God is the simple word for the summation of all the energy in the multiverse. This is an ultimate, infinite, conscious oneness from which everything else springs. This is the source, the soul, the root and spark of life and consciousness everywhere. Oh, that was so beautiful. This oneness divided itself into all the facets of the multiverse in order to explore itself. Tapping into this oneness field of energy feels like unconditional love. The highest spiritual law is the law of one, and we can embody this energy field if we choose to, hence the importance of embodying love. When we embody unconditional universal love, we have achieved Christ consciousness and we are God on earth. Wow, that was so good. Okay, I've got so many questions on Ask that. Ask me. Okay, so, so Jesus Christ, yeah, and the God that is His Father, yeah, and our Father, um, <laughs> well, so they say, um, 
is he an embodiment of this universal law of one? Yes. So the universal law of one is just that all life is one and connected and to hurt another is to hurt yourself, which is the same as the golden rule that Christ said on the Mount of Olives of like, love thy neighbor as thyself. That's the same because it's, we are one. You are one with your neighbor. That's why you should love your neighbor as thyself. So in my understanding, to have Christ consciousness is to fully understand this truth, to fully understand that we are the the unconditional love of source slash God. Um, and we can embody that, you know, and that's what Christ was doing. He was embodying that. So, um, so, so, so you're saying you believe Jesus really was a man walking the earth. I do creating miracles and that there was a God that he was working for. Yeah. Let me, um, I'm, 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 I'm going to, I have a direct answer That's to that true. question. That's true. Okay. Yeah. I'm jumping the gun here. And we don't have to, you know, go through all of these questions, but just okay, go wait. through the okay, ones wait, that wait, you wait. No, I've got a really good question. Okay. So, okay. If, if God is the creation of the multiverse mm-hmm. that scattered itself and manifests itself as the universe and the stars and earth and humans and all of, and all the all facets of that. Of the entire multiverse. Totally. Right? So where did that originate from? That is a question that I cannot answer. And I just know Oracle, that within Oracle. Okay, so I'll, my answer is this within the human consciousness, like the it seems that the limit of our understanding limits us to conceiving of it as one. So if you just keep going out, it is everything. It is everything that we could possibly conceive of. And is that it? Like, for example, is that our entire multiverse just a marble and a, a set of marbles and another alien's multiverse? Maybe, you know? Um, but this oneness is so vast that it is all that we can conceive of. So, aliens out there, so other creatures and life forms that are out there are also part yeah, of the same conscious the, oneness. Conscious oneness. So, does that mean that they have um, a particular agenda? Well, since the oneness, um, you know, divided itself into all the facets in which to explore itself, it definitely divided itself into the polarities of darkness and light mm. in certain realms. So there are negatives and positive energies like at play in order to play that out. And why do you think it wanted to explore itself? Because what else are you going to do if you're an infinite conscious oneness? Totally boring. Done it all. Yeah. Got to explore the dark side. You got to just, yeah, in order to have that dynamic, that motion, you need that, the play between polarities. Beautiful. Oh, that was so good. Okay. Okay. This is a good one. Okay. Does the devil exist, Jenna? Yes. The devil is a simple word for the collection of conscious entities that are disconnected from the love of oneness and instead feed off the life force of others in order to survive. And, um, this is, they are the entire dark side, the manifestation, like we were just talking about of the polarity, like there's the light and then there's also the darkness and the conscious oneness created both polarities just to be able to play that out. So the devil, as we call it on earth would be the entire dark polarity that is disconnected from that embodiment of love. Mm. And do we all have the devil within us? I think that there's definitely an energetic play between dark and light in most people within us. Yes. Or do you, or, okay. And is the devil, um, one particular entity that's able to infiltrate into us and well, there could manipulate be, us? So that's a good question. I'd say that there could be like a, um, there could be beings and entities, and these are, these are energetic beings, conscious beings. There could be beings that are 
comprised of a higher level of this of this darkness, you know. So like there are there are the higher levels of the conscious darkness that would be more likened to what we picture as the devil mm. himself, you know, because it is a conscious evil entity. Um, but I also believe that in my experience that there is like basically an entire army of darkness, really, and a whole bunch of, of, of horrible negative conscious entities, whether they be disincarnate spirits or whether they be, you know, humans which have passed on, which are still connected into negative things for whatever reason. Um, yeah, but in my mind, the negative multidimensional entities exist and affect humans all the time. And people just aren't really aware of it mm. unless you're... Got it. And so they express themselves. So they're able to move through us or yeah. live within us. Or live around us. Or live around us. For them, it's all about vampir- vampirical feeding off energy because they are disconnected from the, the ultimate source of all energy, which is source. So they're disconnected from that light. And so they need to, in order to survive, feed off the life force of other Mm. life. So next time I chuck a wobbly and like skits out and go crazy, Carrie, that was the devil working through me. That could be a negative multidimensional energy uh, that is in your field, which in moments of weakness Mm. break into you and like start to try to control you. I knew it wasn't me. I kept telling him, babe, it wasn't me. It's the devil working through me. I mean, but for reals though. And people no, no, need no. To, I, I really and, believe that. And me too, you know, and like, because in our moments of weakness, especially people who are very connected to the light that we're like these light shining kind of like lighthouses where negatives are going to even try harder to penetrate our field to get some of that light. So they feed off that light they, energy. Yeah. So how do we protect ourselves from these negative entities that are floating around? First thing is to have consciousness of them, to understand that they exist. Second is to be able to protect yourself energetically. A human that is conscious and protecting themselves energetically cannot be affected by negatives at multidimensionals. And so when you say protect yourself mm-hmm. energetically, is that through shielding through, meditations? Yes, shielding meditations. I, I do shielding meditations like up to 10 times a day just to really make sure my energy field is is really strong. Um, but I'm also extremely empathic. So people who are empaths would want to do that more. Um, I have an entire shielding um, meditation and a whole section of my website, Penrose Gardens, about energetic protection, which I'm going to link to the show notes. Beautiful. Yeah, we got to keep those bad guys away. Okay, great. And a lot of, I'll just say like, uh, you know, mental illness, addiction, um, complexes can be fueled and expressions of that, you know, sexual addiction, especially because they're really into the kundalini life force energy. So that's so fascinating. Okay, so say um, I'm dealing with someone who's a narcissistic, mm-hmm. who's narcissistic or has you know multiple personality disorder. Totally, multiple personalities is such a. Sign so of they're it. probably just like energetically vulnerable or sensitive yeah. beings or with low auric fields. So yep. these entities can penetrate them yeah. and then express themselves within that person's yes, consciousness. Exactly. And this often will travel in family lineages in a sense. And it, and I'll tell you why practically is because broken people, like we were talking about in our consciousness and parent conscious parenting podcast, like broken people wound their children. So basically, if you have a a family that's overrun by negative multidimensional energies, like that parent might beat that child and that that child will be get beaten. And in in that, it creates, um, you know, a a, a play, yeah, a, a little crack in their strong strength. 
and wholeness where the negatives then penetrate. So it can go down through generations like that. Ugh, creepy. Very, very creepy. Yeah, we got to protect ourselves from that because, yeah, it, it exists. Mm, there I is, think so. Of course. For me, it's like just the same as every normal day life that these things exist and these factors exist. And in human history, for the majority of human history, we have believed in these things, actually. We believed in the devil. We believed in ghouls, goblins, uh, you know succubuses, all these vampires, all these types of things that are representations of this throughout most of human history across all uh, cultures of the world, we have had these types of um, stories. So I would say it's totally rooted in truth. Mm. Wow. Out, bad guys. Sure. Yeah. Sure, sure. And commit putting a shield around see, us. See what you, what she just did is really all you have to do. Give me some of that salt. It's uh, commanding your personal over space. The shoulders. You know uh. what you just said. You were like, "Out, get out!" Like I command my personal space. I command my energy field. Like I command it. I connect it to source. I connect it to the earth. If you can do that, then you can pretty much you're pretty in good shape. Okay, great. So, how can I be a good person and live a good life? Okay, so if you want to be a good person, live a good life. Easy. Follow the law of one, which is the same as the golden rule. Do un- love your neighbor as yourself. Really do it though. Um, embody love in all your thoughts and actions. Get be love tattooed onto your forehead. Get be love tattooed somewhere on your body. Um, <laughs> in this way, you can develop compassion for all life and let the ego die. Hmm. Bring it back. Just be love all the time. If yeah. you're being love all the time, you're good. If there's anything preventing you from being love all the time, fix it. Yeah. I did this really interesting exercise where for, I I put a week aside and I'm like, okay, this is my challenge for the week. In every thought I have, in every word that comes out of my mouth, in every action I I put out there, I'm going to let it be driven by be love. That's my mantra. Is this being love? Is this an expression of love? Was that loving? Was that coming from my heart? Or was that my ego? Was that hurt? Was that a reaction? Was that fear? And it was fascinating because it really put me in check as to how often I'm not in my heart mm-hmm. and I'm not living mm-hmm. in, in, in love and I'm living in fear and it's a reaction to old stories or whatever totally. it may be. And then it gives you a sense of like, gives you an idea of like where you are on the scale of following that law of oneness and contributing to the goodness on mm-hmm. the planet or where you are really going the other way and descending us. Yep. And, you know, to your point, even people who are on the consciousness path uh, and know that it's about being love, they still are unable to muster that 24 hours a day. They're still battling it. And the more that you're actually moving towards consciousness, the more, you know, negative multidimensionals, quite honestly, are going to be attacking your energy field because you're raising your light quotient. Do you know what I mean? They're going to be more attracted to you. So you got to even more like, that's why sometimes people on the consciousness path are really taken down by negativity. Spiritual warfare. It is. There's it spiritual is warfare happening. And you got to hardcore pick your side and you got to, if hopefully you pick the light and then you um, really get your energy field on lockdown. Get and your then weapons, you'll be good. You'll get be your good. armies. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's not even, you know, the, the weapon that we have is, is the love in our hearts and how yeah, that, that is a higher truth than anything else. And that, that is, will save us. 
But the only way you can get there is if you're actually able to decipher the voices in your head and what is love and intuition mm-hmm. and truth and what is ego and hurt yeah. and story. Totally. And the only way you can do that is to have a sense of self-observation, to meditate, to actually be in action towards consciously going, okay, is this love? Is this loving? Am, am I representing the light? Am I being love? Or is that thought, action, way of being contributing to the, the dark forces? Totally. Hmm. Okay. So what happens after we die? Okay. So in my understanding, um, after we die, we experience all the loved ones and our spirit guides immediately. So we're not even alone for a second. And most likely that our loved ones who have passed are already like around us, like guardian angels, believe it or not. (laughs) I believe it because of experiences that I've had that have proved that to me. But in any case, um, so Together, along with these angels, after we die, we walk towards, quote, the light. The light is a metaphor for becoming one with the conscious oneness, which is all the energy of the multiverse. Um, In physical bodies, we have an illusion of separation from oneness. However, after death, we immediately are in oneness again. Next, we experience a life review where, where you review footage of your life with your spirit guides. Then your higher self realizes the successes and failures um, that you experienced in your life that you just died and how that factors into your overall soul evolution. And in this place, uh, plans are also made for your next lifetime. So does every person have a next lifetime? Yeah. So everyone is constantly reincarnating? Yeah. I mean, you might not have a lifetime on earth as a human, but you might, you know, be a, a spirit body somewhere on some other planet, but you're probably, yeah, I'd say you're g- oh, going to yeah. be going I towards even reinca- I didn't even think that reincarnation applies to the entire universe, oh, not the just the entire Earth. multiverse. I mean, oh, the, the options yes. of life are like infinite. Oh, that's and, so exciting. Yeah. And that's why we have star seeds as well. well. We'll get into that too. But like star seeds are those who have been incarnated, not in human conditions before. Mm. All right. Mm -hmm. Death is suddenly really exciting. Really exciting. Something that I'm like, woo, pumped to when (laughs) the time comes. Not right now. Please, God, universe. Cancel clear. No, when I'm your moment, your moment's probably already pre-agreed upon. Anyway. Woo. Okay. So who was Jesus, Buddha, and what are their importance today? Okay. So this was a little bit of what you were asking me before. And in my mind and in my heart, I'm going to answer that Jesus Christ and Buddha, uh, which by the way, neither of those were their real names, whatever. We'll just leave it at Jesus and Buddha for now. Were two examples. But wait, you can't leave us hanging. Okay. What were the real so names? G- I think Jesus's real name was Yeshua. Ooh. When I think of him, that's how I think of him. And then, So wait, how did you get that? Um, it's not just my own, like even when I... First of all, in my own mind and in my heart, that, that's the name that comes. But also there's research that shows that that actually was his name. Yeshua? Yeah, like Joshua. Oh, got it. I thought you mean like he's like the yes man, like Jim Carrey out of oh. that movie. Like he just said yes to love and everything. Yeah, well, that too. <laughs> he definitely said yes to love. <laughs> okay, yep, sorry. Um, Yeshua and then Buddha um, Siddhartha. Oh, beautiful. Siddhartha. Uh, okay, so... Yeshua and Siddhartha uh, were two examples of just humans embodying this universal consciousness. And that means that they were human vessels of compassion for all life and universal 
unconditional love. They were embodying that and that's it. And they were examples of that in a world where everyone else was not embodying that. And just to have been the embodiment of love is inspiring. Mm. And um, that's who they are. They embody love. They live the law, the law of one. Their example have inspired many over the ages. And it is now the time in history where each one of us as individuals can embody this universal Christ consciousness by embodying love with every cell of our bodies in every thought and action. Mm. Okay. So we have the potential to be Buddha. Yes, all of us, every single one of us. And not only do we have that potential, we're at the moment in history where it's going, it's happening. And it's kind of like you either upgrade to that level of consciousness or you die off because of, in my mind, because you're going to manifest physical disease that you're going to need to move through and towards consciousness, or you're going to choose that's too uncomfortable and you might exit, mm. you know? Oh, the pressure. The pressure. <laughs> so do you think currently on earth there's a Buddha? Um, I think that like the energy of Buddha and the energy of Jesus is a similar energy and it's coming back on a mass scale. I don't think it's like a one, one So there's not like, no, no, but you don't think there's an individual currently that is representing Christ consciousness? Um, I think there's many. Like, like, do you know any? Yeah. I think like- Me? Yeah, sure. All of us. Any <laughs> any person who is truly embodying love or in the moments when they are, they are they are basically the same as Jesus. Yeah. But do you think there's like one, like Deepak Chopra, for example, do you think like he's like a Jesus? Like, do you have I someone think, who you think is like I think Christ like, consciousness? All I can say is that I don't think it's going to be one person. I think it's like literally everyone embodying that intelligent energy field together. So like, is Deep Rock Chopra like more evolved than you? No, I think like you and him are the same. And I think that we're all coming to this together. All right. I'll take it. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay, great. Um, do multiple lives exist? Uh, yes. This to me is beyond a shadow of a doubt in my own understanding um, that past lives and multiple lives exist. Um, our soul is eternal. This aspect of our ourselves that's eternal is called our higher self. And the higher self experiences sep separation uh, from oneness in many earthly lifetimes in order to evolve towards oneness again. And lifetimes on earth can be thought of as consciousness school. And this aspect of separation ends when our higher self has a, a sufficiently evolved into this Christ consciousness or oneness. Oh, okay. So you're saying that we will continue to reincarnate until we've collected enough knowledge and evolution and growth to reach our higher self again. Yep. And then what happens? And then like the earth missions are over. Like the consciousness school of earth, like once you've reached the Jesus Buddha levels mm -hmm. of, of consciousness, then, you know, historically you would not have incarnated on well, earth where's, again. Where's the next mission? Well, there's probably missions like on the Pleiades or in Arcturus or these crazy star systems where they have really highly evolved societies where you probably go up there and incarnate up there. Ooh. Sounds like fun. Yeah. Don't you have a vacation house in the Pleiades? <laughs> Perhaps. It's a secret, Jenna. Okay. Is it important to attend church or a temple? Um, good one. So churches and temples should be thought of as spiritual community gathering places. This is in my mind. They should be thought of as like where your spiritual community gathers and having that community versus um, a place where you can go for an authority figure on any spiritual matters. 
it's more of a community thing and less of like an authority thing. Um, so basically swimming in that vibration. Yeah. Connecting to a community which lifts you up yes. into that oneness, love yes. vibration. And I just, I say here that it, it is dangerous to give a spiritual leader any power over your own internal connection with spirit. Cultivate your own internal connection with spiritual forces and, and move away from any religious institutions that do not preach unconditional love. So if, yeah, basically... Um, your your connection to spirit and your own higher self and your spirit guides that's way more important than any like priest telling you this is how you should mm-hmm. and should not live because mm-hmm. he could have an entity moving through him yes and likely does i mean a lot of them do especially in the catholic church sorry catholics but some of those people are like really quite um infiltrated by negatives anything that's like a bureaucratic hierarchical institution is a really good um probable probability that there's some negatives because that hierarchical like having a hierarchy like someone is above someone else that's a very like a negative um paradigm is that where um the idea of reptilians comes well in? yeah because so the reptilians i they could be at the root of the hierarchy and our entire thing on this planet with hierarchy because they're from what i've heard that reptilian civilization is very hierarchical hierarchical meaning like they have leaders which are above other people which are above other people which there's like this caste system and so do you want to just give us a little bit on what a reptilian is yeah so um in a lot of people's you know understanding reptilians are a a negative alien actually i wouldn't say they're all negative there are probably some good reptilians out there shout out to all the good reptilians (laughs) (laughs) Um, but um that there are negative alien beings on our planet who've actually been here longer than us, potentially, that live mostly in underground caves, but they're also sometimes able to shapeshift because they're outside of the matrix. So when you're living outside of the matrix, you can kind of control the illusion within the matrix. So in that way, they're able to shapeshift. Um, they're basically negative aliens, which are controlling our society. I heard that reptilians were... Um basically had infiltrated human genetics where they had married their alien-like, disconnected from the heart, alien-like consciousness with humans. And so therefore some humans are like half human, half reptilian. Oh, totally. And that shows up as narcissism, as sociopaths, as whatever it is, these people which just like – you know, f- crazy, like they, they just don't, that, they don't, they don't have, have that human, human element yeah. of being connected to the earth yeah. or the, or each other. And they totally. have, don't feel anything of bombing countries right. or like raping something, whatever. They don't feel that. That's right. So that would be an, a reptilian hybrid type, hybridization type of, of person, you know, and apparently the reptilians have hybrid, have hybridized humans and especially certain, um, gene pools, which have then gone on to rule and be the ruling class of the world because they've been given technology by the reptilians. And also, um, you know, so that's actually where the whole matrix agenda kind of roots from is like the reptilian agenda. Um, cause they want to feed off of us. Mm. I think I know a few reptilians. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, oh, get away. I know. No, don't worry. I have. Okay, great. Um, so how did humans evolve? That's a big one. Okay, so my best guess right now, and this is just my best guess, um, is that humans are a result of many hybridizations between different species DNA, um, some of it native to the earth and some of it 
extraterrestrial in origin. And I have a blog entry about this, which I'll post up on the show notes. And uh, I absolutely am a believer that at least a portion of human DNA is extraterrestrial. Um, And my blog entry is about why, to me, Darwin's theory of evolution really doesn't make sense. And it really, if you think logically about evolution, it really actually makes a lot more sense. Wait, is that the philosophy on us coming from apes? Yeah. And so why doesn't that make sense? Um, Well, to me, that doesn't make sense because if you look at um, about 10,000 years ago where the human animal, as we are evolved today of uh, Homo sapien sapien, I believe, um, when that started to emerge, that was like 10,000 years ago. And that was during an ice age. um, And there's a lot, I mean, to me, like having a hairless, if you have an ape and it's wanting to be, because, okay, let me start again. By Darwinian evolution, they say that it is the the animal that is most fit to their environment that's going to survive long enough to reproduce. And that is how biodiversity happens because, you know, in one environment you have to be... Yeah, you adapt to your environment. Adapted. Okay. So for me, if you look at the human animal, like we're not furry, we can't survive in nature without like a house. Um, There's a lot of things... We're not fit to survive in nature, really. We're not physically fit to survive in nature. And if according to Darwinian's theory of evolution, we should be the most physically fit to survive in nature... Since we've like taken over this entire planet, and yet a human, one a human in nature will die, and especially during an ice age when that was when our our species was evolving the most. And um, to me, that those are two examples. But of I don't things know that about don't that because uh, humans have been living in nature since the beginning of time. Um, you, you know, we live in in the primitive days. Say people lived in tribes and they mm-hmm. created their own weapons and they hunted and they made huts and they survived in nature. Okay. But everything that you have just described is actually an, is a, a, an adaptation of nature to create us a, like a, um, spearhead. You have to actually manipulate nature to do that, to create a a shelter, even in a tribe, you have to manipulate nature to do that. It's not like you, a, a human just like a monkey doesn't have to build himself a house to survive in a tree. He can just cling onto the tree and fall asleep in a rainstorm and he's fine because he has fur. He has physical adaptations that allow him to survive under those conditions. Everything that you described from early human culture is, is actually a mental adaptation and not a physical adaptation. But the caveman survived. Like he just lived in a cave. He just went and you know, guzzled on some fish. Yeah, well, you see, whatever you've been told about cavemen, it's not nothing that you've experienced firsthand. That's it's true. It's just what you've been told. That's so true. we don't even know anything about that. That's true. Resonance test. Mm-hmm. Do my own research. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay, good. Wow, yeah. that's that's got a lot. Of, there's, there's a, a lot, lot for me to yeah, think about. That's awesome. There. I love mm-hmm. that. Okay, so um, what can I do to participate in Ascension? So ascension, meaning the revolution of consciousness that's happening on the earth, um, how you can participate is to cultivate your inner connection to spirit. Find the places where you need to heal and find a way to heal yourself. And message us if you need any help with that. <laughs> message Jenna. She's the expert. <laughs> well, no, you're good at healing people. You're a health coach. Okay. Um, so find your true heart path and follow it. Let your ego die. Cultivate unity consciousness and live by the law of one. Embody love. And all your thoughts and actions. Mm. Okay. Okay. Do ghosts exist? Uh, yes. So in my experience, and I've talked to many, um, ghosts are multidimensional imprints of spirit energy. So basically when a person dies, 
Um, if they're still um, strongly emotionally attached to either a person or a physical place on the planet, or they uh, have a mission that wasn't quite complete, then they will stay in a form of spirit energy um, to sort of uh, get their business done or protect whoever they want to protect. And then once that business is done, are they, they likely to move on? Yeah. Yeah. And do they stay in their form or are they like um, they're white, an yeah, they're fluffy an, they ghost They become things. energy. So they're an energy imprint. And how we perceive energy imprints is a good question. Some people might, you know, sense it as a voice, sense it as a thought. Some people actually might project it as a vision. Um, so there's different ways to perceive it. Hmm, amazing. Yeah, that resonates. So what is the paranormal? So the paranormal to me is anything that is outside of our strict matrix, third dimensional consciousness, which people, it's the current reality. So anything that's outside of our current reality consciousness would be labeled paranormal, but there's plenty of stuff which exists outside of our current reality. Which is normal. But and that's normal. We just label it paranormal yeah. because it's not in the matrix. That's right. So do psychics see beyond this realm? And if so, how? Uh, yeah, so psychics can access information from the Akashic records connecting to their own higher selves uh, through their spirit guides or by accessing past life information. I believe that everyone has psychic powers and it's just a part of our brains that are that's underdeveloped. Um, another thing to say about psychics here is that they are a human vessel, meaning when they're getting information or impressions from a, a sixth sense, um, they are going to interpret that through their ego human mind. So you just got to be careful when you talk to any psychic, no matter how clear of a channel, just to remember that they are a person getting this information. It's coming through a human filter. So you just have to like take everything they say with a grain of, of salt anyway, take what resonates and leave the rest. Brilliant advice. Brilliant. So um, can we heal ourselves from physical conditions? Yes. So most physical conditions, um, especially chronic conditions, um, and even more specifically chronic conditions that medical science is like, oh, we don't know why you're getting this. Um, those are the perfect candidates for being able to heal ourselves because this is an underlying energetic stagnation, which can be um, moved through very simply by just having consciousness of um, like some ways, I know you're going to ask me that you could do that. <laughs> yeah. So like, for instance, just, you know, for, for me, for example, say I'm not like some master psychic oracle, say I have cancer. How am I meant to heal myself from cancer? So, okay. Good, good call and question. So, um, when you have cancer, the first thing that I would say, if you came to me and you were like, I have cancer, I would be like, okay, what, where, where in your body? Okay. So let's say it's like breast cancer, just as an example, um, cause women do get that. That's a heart chakra thing, you know? So I would definitely look at the chakra in which this cancer is manifesting. If it's a stomach thing, um, look at your stomach chakra and all the underlying emotions of that chakra. So if it's a heart chakra, do you have, a, um, you know, are you disconnected from a family member? Is, did you have a tragic loss in your life? Um, you know, if it's, so basically looking at the emotional underpinnings of that chakra and then going deep there. Okay, and so do you think that's the only facet that of healing or do you think on a physical level I need to take tinctures or move my body or or do you think it's just simply oh, accepting I mean, that emotional moment to the physical I think manifestation that, I mean I think that there I think getting down to the the emotional root of it is the only way to clear it cuz you could cover yourself with tinctures and then um 
that would never be getting to the root of it. That would just be put it, getting it on the outside. And um, I actually think the, the, the herbal tincture that I would go for would be a cannabis tincture um, and as like a high level amount of cannabis as possible. And the reason is, is because not only do I believe that cannabis, and there's a lot of research, uh, activates and it helps your immune system. So not only is it on the physical level going to help you fight the cancer, um, but on the mental, spiritual, and emotional level, it's really going to help you meditate and get down to the root of whatever is bothering you emotionally. So it's a way to sort of work on it from both levels. And so- do you, do you think that every single physical ailment that is manifested in our bodies all derives from an emotional yeah, blockage? I do, especially if it's a chronic condition. If you get shot in the arm, then clearly that came from a bullet that got shot in your arm. So so emergency conditions like like getting a shot would be a different story, but a chronic condition which your your body manifests out of nowhere, yes. Okay, great. No, I totally agree with you. So what is at the root of mental illness? So um, in my in my experience, and I've experienced anxiety, paralyzing anxiety and depression, um, what I figured out was that, uh, for at least for me, that it was misunderstood multidimensional perception. So I was really getting a lot of multidimensional psychic information, a lot of entities, um, things like that around me. And I had no idea how to perceive that. I had no idea how to cope with that. I had no idea how to process that. And that was causing an extreme mental disturbance. Um, and just the same as we were talking about physical illness, mental illness is, is a, a popping up of these emotional roots as well. So you might have an emotional issue and it could pop up as a physical symptom or it could pop up as a mental condition. So it is, um, yeah, that is how I look at it. Would you also say that that could be those multidimensional yes. evil entity beings moving through people Absolutely. to be expressed? So especially with um, conditions like manic depression or depression or uh, schizophrenia or uh, multi -person multiple personalities, then definitely look into uh, negative multidimensional entities as being a root. And if you need help with that, um, check out Penrose Gardens. My, my website, I have an entire... Uh, like protocol on how to deal with a spiritual crisis on there, which I will link to the show notes. And get yourself to a shaman. Mm -hmm. Okay. So last question I have for you, and I know you're going to love this one. <laughs> are conspiracy theories true? Okay. Are conspiracy theories true? In my opinion, certain ones are in fact true and other ones are thrown in by, by the dark forces to throw us off track. Um, so use your sense of resonance and intuition when, when evaluating whether or not you should believe anything you hear. Okay, that's a good one. So some are real, some tr are true, and some are not, in my experience. Okay, once again, getting into that intuition, clear temple, clear mind, really trusting your own source of information. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Wow. I, Whew, I hope We've that, just run a marathon. I know, that was a mouthful. Oh, that was amazing. I hope that it helps people. And, you know... Like I, we were saying in the beginning, these are just my answers to these questions. And, um, you know, take what resonates with you. If it helps you in your life, then take it and run with it. And if it doesn't help you or if it feels wrong, then leave it. Mm. You don't have to take it all. Mm. Take take what works for you, you know? Um, so, yeah. And I have an invitation, um, a challenge, actually, for our listeners this week. 
which is for for you, our listener, t- to answer one or more of these questions for yourself and, you know, using your internal sense of resonance and your own research and see if you can come up with a list of these kind of questions too. And if you do, please leave them in the comment section because we want to know your take on this. It's not about all about our take. It's about we're coming to this together. Mm. So we're learning uh, from you. Yes. Anything that you, if you have an answer to one of these questions, or if you have another question that like this, that you would want us to answer, please drop it in the comment section. Cause we read every single comment. We're so grateful for your support. Um, yeah. Beautiful. And that covers our first installment of Epic Q&A. Thank you so much for joining us. And we can't wait to have you with us next week. Bye-bye for now. Visit our website, themotherlovingfuture.com for more information. And please leave us a five-star review on iTunes if you like what you hear. We read every single review and comment, and we are so grateful for your support. See you next week.